0: This is Cinema Spin. Hello everyone. I am Matt and I'm Jason and welcome to a brand new episode of Cinema Spin. Hot off the presses. Yep. We once again forged out there to the theaters this weekend to see a brand new movie and I guess let's just get Courage. into Courage dedication. I think these are the words that come to mind.
1: That's right. When you think of this podcast. Right.
0: Okay, let's get into it. Well... Do you uh, ever find... Sorry. I mean, no. Do you ever find yourself like um, you're generally excited to go to the theater but like when it's actually time to go you're like, yeah, I wish I could do this another time.
1: <laughs> yeah, sometimes. I guess that's just... It depends. It depends on the movie. Yeah. I, we all have moods. You're not the yeah. only one with moods, Matt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look at this motherfucker. You think he's the only person that has <laughs> moods. <laughs> <laughs> okay well anyway the, i'm sorry Carry Now, on. the
1: big news this week is that uh after see the, the big news is i never have to see another nope trailer hopefully <laughs> yes uh we've been seeing nope trailers most of our adult lives at this point coming to
0: streaming coming nope.
1: yeah. <laughs> so but here it is uh nope uh the latest from writer director jordan peele um, it stars Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer as O.J. and Emerald Haywood, heirs to the Haywood Hollywood Horse Farm, which for more than a century has been training horses to appear in movies. O.J. is a laconic, yes, O.J. is a laconic cowboy who is traumatized by the very strange death of his father recently. Little Sister Emerald is a very outgoing ball of energy who has bigger dreams than cleaning up horse poo for the rest of her life in light of the death of their father, they wonder if they should sell the sell to the carnival down the road or try to keep the family business going into this comes strange stuff. Um, we're going to clearly have to divide this into uh, non-spoiler and spoiler. Um, yes, here comes the non-spoiler stuff. Um, a mysterious object begins to haunt the night sky, knocking out electricity and mistreating horses. Let's call it a UFO, but one that acts oddly, even for a UFO, Uh, What is this thing? Where did it come from? What is its relationship to the side plot about a chimpanzee going nuts on the set of a sitcom? Most importantly, will the Haywoods find a way to capitalize on this thing before someone else does? Stephen Jan plays Ricky, a former child TV star who now runs the Carnival down the road. Brandon Perel plays Angel Torres, who sells and installs electronics and gets caught up in all of this. And Michael Wincott plays Antler's Holst, a famous but eccentric cinematographer who also ends up caught up in all of this. So, Matt, after all this hype, what
0: did you make of Nope? Speaking in generalities, I enjoyed Nope for the most part. Didn't love it. Uh, a couple of extraneous circumstances in the theater that were distracting. Okay, let's get into it. What was going on? <laughs> With
1: somebody yelling out, Mother! Again. Yes. Are you serious? The same people. The same people. And Yes, wow. I
0: had the woman with, with her, the, the deranged, you know, don't want to say <sighs> deranged, what's the word? Um, she's uh, got dementia, right. obviously. Yeah, deme- dementia. The man the man who drags his mother with dementia to the theater. two scary movies. <laughs> yes. And she <laughs> calls out things like, I want to go home. I'm sleeping. Good night. 50 times during the movie, at least. Oh. So... Maybe I uh, think maybe I would I think I maybe would have liked it a little more. Yeah, right. It. Yeah, I think that maybe that took sucks. me out of it a little bit. Yeah. Um. There's there's a, a sequence whenever it kind of ramps up right before the third act uh-huh. where they're kind of preparing for this final kind of showdown. I was really into it at that. Yeah, point. yeah. There's a sort of extended sequence where they talk about their plan. Yeah, and they kind of start setting it up, and I was really into what happens, and it just didn't stick to landing for me. Yeah. When you find out what it is in the end. Mm-hmm. I didn't like what I saw visually. Okay. I found it it didn't capture my imagination. Didn't capture my imagination. That should
1: be we should sell
0: merch that says it didn't capture my well, imagination. Well, that's important. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but there's so there's a lot of this that's really well crafted. Um the the actor who um who is plays the lead, I don't want to say his name wrong. Uh um, Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, that's not that hard. I thought he was really great. It's hard this. to spell, but it's not <laughs> it's a very, very understated role. Very understated that's that's not flashy and there's not a lot to it but it's just very believable the way he plays it with sort of a underlying kind of smolder kind of weird yeah character. yeah and
1: yeah. yeah and he's uh he's a really good he's a great physical actor too so he can kind of stand with kind of one shoulder and he really sort of i think studied a lot of old cowboys uh for to prepare for this role so he can uh-huh. really kind of stand kind of with one shoulder higher than the other and and you can uh and and just project
0: sort of his general sense of of tough malaise right um, so, in general, the things I liked here, I, I liked quite a bit. Yeah. The things I didn't, I kind of didn't like quite a bit, which, if that makes sense.
1: Well, it does make sense. I mean, Jordan Peele, um, one of the problems that he faces is, you know, for the rest of his career, the mark is going to be is this movie as good as Get Out, right? It's interesting to think about what, if we take Good Out, Get Out out
0: of his oeuvre, right?
1: Um,
0: what do we make of his career? Well, I didn't get to see Us. I never saw that. Okay. It kind of came out right as Pandemic was. St- yeah, After that, I us,
1: it. us. was uh, I, I did not love us. It had a lot of very memorable scenes in it, and uh, uh it certainly has a lot of a people lot of, that go to bat for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Love that movie, um, or don't <laughs> that movie was ten pounds of ideas in a five pound bag. Though, um, he had a great idea of where he wanted, what he wanted to say, and, and how he how we wanted to make the point or the point that he wanted to make. What he what Peel didn't have was kind of a repertoire he he didn't have a he had a strategy but not tact but poor tactics okay. right he he knew where he wanted to go but uh but the way that he got there was through a lot of stabbing right <laughs> um you know and and it's hard to get to this very you know broad sort of metaphysical point through stabbing through the vehicle of stabbing right, right? um this on the other hand feels like sort of the opposite it feels like it's uh a lot of movie with not a lot of ideas. There's not there's not a big sort of undergirding kind of um point to this in the way that there were in the previous t- two movies. Um I, to finish my point, I, oh, yeah. I, I mean the uh the I think if we take get out out of this, this would seem less like a step down. I think this is clearly the least of, of, of Peel's three movies. But it's still there. Are there's enough interesting stuff here that if you saw this movie and you, you'd you'd be excited that oh wow this guy has great stuff in him, his visual f- style is is uh, getting better than it was in, in his previous movie and so on. Um, the I, I think you know Get Out though is the the kind of gorilla in the room here though. We've already seen one you know really great movie from him, and so every movie that he makes from now on is going to be like yeah well you know maybe
0: not as good. right yeah I mean he he does a lot of things that 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 I like here, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't show the shark too much if they you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I'm always on board for that. I, when, when a horror movie tries to just show you, a, sees CGI creature after CGI creature or whatever, I never mm. think that works as well as, you know, being very, um, you know, peppering it just yeah. when it needs to be parsimonious. With, yeah, exactly. Your, yeah, right. So I think he does pretty well with that. There's a couple of red herring things here that, uh, the scare- sort yeah. of work in the moment, but yeah, the scariest part of this movie.
1: Uh, so, and I want to I want to say something about this too is uh, in a couple scenes, Peel makes use of a technique where instead of like a boo jump scare, he has you just look at something, look at a frame of something. Of parts of it are sort of obscure, and then something moves. Right. Right. And it's like looking down at your at your carpet, and then. It looks like everything's fine, but then you see a bug right, and it sort of pops out at you, and that's a different kind of sort of jump scare moment right it's your, that your uh, imagination does all the work yeah yeah that that I think uh um more he and more uh uh horror directors should should make use of that yeah it's that's underutilized that's really, in yeah film, that's I that's think. really effective uh then again, yes uh there there are a couple of uh, of red herrings in this movie that are a little frustrating because it's this movie takes its time in sort of showing you what it's going to be about. It Um, does. And so when – In general terms, it doesn't, but
0: specifically it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: You know, early on, you're like trying to sort of suss it out, trying to figure out what the rules are and trying to figure out what's going on, right? Um, And so to have some red herrings thrown at that point, it's like, oh, well, that – yeah. Even if they're well done. Yeah, I, well, I this um,
0: could use a trim I think you know I, yeah although
1: I I yeah two hours the, the specific scene is... where, where we're talking about I think is so uh no I
0: I, I like that yeah <laughs> but um, it's just so effective that yeah yeah no I don't, I don't I don't have a problem with keeping that in it just um feels ancillary to the, everything else there's a grandeur to
1: this that I think is undeniable yeah uh, and he really follows through on that the the uh the endless sort of uh, uh Marketing for this movie sort of positioned it as as kind of a, a, a close encounters sort of situation, you know, where and and you you sort of inviting people to think of, of, of a lot of grandeur, um, a lot of visual grandeur, and and uh, and I think it fulfills that role. It fulfilled that role visually, anyway. I thought visually this was, uh, and in terms of the sound design, he's got a very interesting uh, sound design and everything. Um, so technically, I think this is a major step for step forward from or, uh, you know another. Another step forward for uh, for for Peel.
0: Yeah, there's a central idea that 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 just keeps me from being really enthusiastic about this, and mm-hmm. it, it's going to come down to us. A, it's a, it's a thing that I can't talk about until we get no spoilers. Okay. The,
1: there are two things about this that really bother me and really distract me from this. Um, one is okay. Well, another another thing I really like about this, going back to us and to get out, is uh, how. Um, Heal keeps you gu- he does keep you in a state of suspense. He does keep you guessing about what this movie is even going to be about. What is this? Uh, so you don't know from moment to moment or scene to scene what's going to happen next. And with the for the first time with this third movie, it occurred to me whether or not that's just a really kind of a cheap gimmick that he that uh, you know because all you have to do is then not tell a story and then when you need people to catch up, just have these long sort of spouts of, of expositional dialogue and major leaps in logic and then that makes that will keep the audience always feeling like they're a step behind the people on the screen right the problem okay. is um it requires the people on the screen to uh to realize stuff and put stuff together in a way that is just totally outrageous right it's like oh that mu- that's what it must be right like yeah, I, I know. So, what not you're giving about. examples from the movie, but, but to give it a, a, an example from another medium. Uh, not a big fan of uh, of of Stranger Things, and one of the one of the reasons is uh, comes down to in one of the early episodes, a specific moment where they're like, "Oh, well, we saw this monster, and so this monster must be part of the Upside Down. That's this you know, that's yeah. this alternate dimension where monsters comes from come from It's right here in the Dungeons and Dragons uh, monster manual, right?" Um, awfully, confused. and then as it turns out oh they're right they're exactly, exactly spot on right and so th- there are a lot of moments like that in here where it's just somebody talking out of his or her ass and then you're like oh no that's what's happening and, um, and so there are major le- leaps of logic here that I think are maybe an indication that Peel is not um, he's not up to the like one of the central tasks of screenwriting and that's like how to, how to sort of dish out exposition in
0: the right proportions. I don't think that he probably sees the flaw in what you're talking about at all in this case. Okay, because I think he finds it pretty clever. The, you know, just him being an animal person or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he probably sees how monumentally far fetched that kind of is. Okay, you know, I don't think he he probably might be blind to that because he likes the idea so much. Okay, you know, it's like you know he's a big fan of. Twilight Zone that we all know. Yeah. Right, right. Um, sometimes Twilight Zone is sometimes yeah. Is is high in concept but sort of sloppy in its execution, if that makes sense. Very and sometimes much so. the opposite. Right, yeah. You know, right, so. yeah. I agree. And that the the and kind of thing I'm talking about happens a lot on Twilight yeah. Zone. He probably doesn't care, you know, that much. You may see that as a screenwriting weakness. Uh, Yeah. And I think I do too. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that bothered me as much as it bothers you, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And I, you know, and I had that thought.
1: Yeah. The big problem I had with this movie uh, that I think really kept me, well, uh, well, uh, the biggest, the biggest problem, let's say is, is, uh, the character motivation. Uh, the motivation through this whole thing is to get rich, Right. Um, and, uh, to, or or I shouldn't say get rich because, uh, you know, they live on a 20 plus acre horse farm an hour North of Hollywood. So they probably, they're in position to make themselves rich. Right. So it's all the harder to see what's, uh, what their plan gets them except exposure. Right. Except
0: the whole world looking at them. The, the sister's young. Yeah. Uh, Fame is Right. TikTok famous, right? Yeah, well, exactly. For her, exactly, you
1: Insta famous, right? Mm-hmm. And and so the question is, like, this is what we're supposed to be rooting for? Because the movie in other places has a very cynical attitude towards fame for the sake of fame, and people wanting, you know, people are uh, scratching, you know, uh, scratching to get famous. But um, and uh, especially uh, with regard to the abuse of nature as a sort of means to become famous okay so uh, the there are lots of there's lots of foreshadowing that this movie is gonna turn out let's just say different than it does uh, and we, we can get more into that in, in, in spoilers and I think the way this movie turns out is a reversal of uh, what has come what has come before it and ends up giving a, uh, it kind of ends up giving a thumbs up to uh, to Instagram you know <laughs> you know fame monsters right um inadvertently maybe right but uh but it ends up the the end of this movie the direction of this movie just didn't sit well with me it may be in front un- a few reasons but it that, may, that was it the may be an unappealing
0: motivation for them to have yeah but is it realistic
1: well uh regardless the movie seems to have a point of view about how this inevitably ends up and uh it loses its nerve <laughs> I get I said seriously yeah saying. um and we can, we can talk more specifically about that in spoilers.
0: The guy who plays the cinematographer, Wilcox, is that his name? Wilcox? Yes. I haven't uh, seen Michael Wincock. I haven't seen him in a movie in a long time.
1: Uh my wife pointed out that he is uh he's uh the cousin in uh the evil cousin in uh in Robin Hood Prince of the East. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Why that's, a that's... Spoon cousin? Why not an axe or a sword? <laughs> I'll have you run through. Yeah, that's
0: the uh that's the that's the one. He also plays Paul Rothschild in The Doors. Oh, the okay, yeah. Uh-huh. But like, that's like the era that I remember him in movies. Right, and that's 25 and years I'm like, ago. like, who is right, this yeah. dude? I, I, I totally recognized him, but not, I couldn't picture for what. And I was uh-huh. like, finally put it together. More than 20, more like 30 yeah, years ago. Unfortunately, yeah. yes. <laughs> So, uh,
1: yeah, my final position on this is uh, – and then then I think that the end is also just kind of messy in the way that, that the ends of these movies these days when you're sort of not intru- – you know, when you, you kind of lose your uh, – the momentum kind of goes out of control and you're just sort of running from one thing to get another thing. Um, it just becomes sort of a uh, – Uh, kind of
0: obstacle course yeah a series Um, of things to knock down until the the credits roll
1: um i i think that the uh the central mystery here we can say more about this in spoilers the central mystery here is um uh interesting enough that i think we sort of deserve a little more curiosity we deserve to have a little more of our curiosity wetted about it okay Um, i I don't want every answer given no you don't need that but but um yeah more than what we get yeah like, more yeah. than what we get and i th- the worst feeling i have especially in a movie that keeps me guessing like this the worst feeling I, I you can get is not knowing how confused you're supposed to be um and that's something you really that i th- again from a screenwriting perspective you really need to keep an eye on from scene to scene like um like is your audience going to be the right kind of confused by this and there are moments in this movie where it's like i'm not supposed to be as confused about this
0: as yeah, i am yeah i definitely crossed that line myself right yeah
1: and and that's uh that's I nothing mean, i think i'm a smart enough moviegoer <laughs> to uh to say
0: that uh oh, yeah. that's a bad sign right that's, that, been that's to, not good right you've writing. been to bad a few times so yeah. um okay so yeah for me I, I i i give this a you know a favorable review um i liked it but not not without a bunch of caveats
1: well the one other thing i was going to say about this also is uh it's too bad your audience Experience was so bad with this because the best, one of the best things about seeing this movie was seeing it in the theater. I saw it on the super screen at Ronnie's, and it's it's big and it's huge. This is definitely a big screen movie, and um, the a horror movie like this, especially like opening day, I think you know um, you have an enthusiastic crowd and right with the chills and everything. I mean, you can there's this. Uh, the sense of, of being in a community of everybody having the same emotion okay. at once. And when you can... And like everybody being, oh, you know, ga- gasping at the same time and everything. And, and so that's yeah, that's fun. That doesn't happen very of, often either. Right. And that y- You that can is try al-
0: to put yourself in that position by picking the right time. And sometimes the, theater, the, the crowd just doesn't have that energy. Yeah,
1: yeah. And this is a lost pleasure. I, uh, this is the kind of pleasure that we could get every Friday night um, going to the movies as kids. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, we knew it was going to be packed with our friends and we were all going to be seeing this movie movie we've been waiting for, and so on. Um, these days, again, we're so we're so fragmented for so many different reasons that you never know from, you know, you go in one day and you get a, a crazy woman, uh, or I'm sorry, a dementia yeah, woman. Yeah, but I mean,
0: um, you know, you can have a packed house on a Friday night Right, or the 7, and the 9 might not be as reactive. Yeah, than, well, exactly, right. With a bowl full of food, you know, a yeah. stomach full of food, it just... Those the, those experiences in the theater that are special for that for that reason are few and far between in my yeah. life. I mean, they're great when you get them, but uh, yeah, you know, I know the one that sticks out in my head is is when I went to see eighty uh, nine Batman opening weekend mm-hmm. on a, like a Friday. I think it was a Saturday night mm-hmm. at uh, in, in Belleville, Illinois at the Quad Theater, which is yeah. a pretty big theater, uh-huh. and uh, people were just jacked. It, yeah, you could just tell yeah. the energy in the crowd, uh-huh. and it was just really memorable. It was yeah. you know
1: just for the yeah. Just for the crowd. Do we want to move on to a
0: spoiler? I section? think we're going to have to, yeah. So, okay. spoiler warning right now. You can skip to the second half of the show and, or turn this crap off, whatever you and want.
1: And definitely, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, uh if you have any interest in it, see it. Um yes. It's good enough to see. Um I think both both of us think that. Yeah, there's enough um, things I to hear. That... There are a lot of things that sort of kind of didn't sit right with me. But definitely see it on a big screen and i uh, definitely don't listen to spoilers before you
0: uh, yeah i it. think that's important here cuz it would take away a little bit it would it would definitely spoilers <laughs> and here now. they come go you go first okay the, the the thing that i mean obviously the major spoiler here is the ufo is not a group of aliens it's not a ship it is a being it's a mon- big monster it's a monster right um when the monster unfurls itself at the end and it's like a mm-hmm. tissue paper floating in the sky I did not like that visually. I thought that was sort of just bizarre. Um, I didn't mind the idea of a saucer with a big mouth eye at the bottom.
1: It ha- and it has a big, like, m- aperture, like, yeah, literal like a a- 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 literal movie aperture, like, yes, like so. on a giant uh, uh, asshole. Kind yeah. Of. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, it's shaped like a movie screen or sa- yeah. shaped like a. Oh, uh, I see what uh, you Yeah, saying. right. Yeah.
0: Like a, yeah, like an um, iris kind of thing.
1: Yeah, the design of the monster didn't. Bother me so know much. Know what as, the hell that
0: was when I was looking at how. It, I just don't understand why it happened.
1: I don't understand why it unfurled itself.
0: Yeah, I don't either. Um, and there's if no, there was some explanation to that, I think it would make me accept it more.
1: I thought at first. I thought at first it begins to unfurl itself after it tries to suck up the uh, the electronics guy, and instead gets a mouthful of a, of a
0: barbed wire. Right,
1: and I, th- I thought the barbed wire was going to fuck fuck with it. it did, I thought that's it what was kind of messed up. up
0: because the the, like, the fake horse and the uh, the right. right. Tape we're, told, we're
1: told the the, the horse, uh, you know that it you know it does have
0: digestion problems. Yeah, it's kind of like a giant floating Sarlock pit, right? It's sort uh-huh. of, yeah, a reverse Sarlock pit. Yeah, right, yeah. And you, it's kind of like it seems like you're like in between these ribs, getting digested over time. You can mm-hmm. hear they can people on the ground can hear you, you hear the people screaming. Yeah. It's kind of horrifying in yes. that respect, but when it unfurls itself, I just didn't understand why it did that. Yeah, yeah, I and that's one of the, that's one of the things that um, I think the movie might have clued us into. Anatomically, it didn't seem to work anymore either, as that. Yeah, what what exactly the the means of propulsion is on, the, <laughs> on this monster is never
1: is never at all clear. And As a how, saucer, how is it aerodynamic in a saucer
0: <laughs> shape, you just sort of like accept it because well, it's a flying saucer, saucer. right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. right. Yeah, but, but now it's, that it's
1: this like <sighs> this like mountain of of yeah like shredded tissue, yeah, yeah, um, with this weird
0: yeah eye thing, yeah, uh, I just didn't didn't think that was very cool.
1: Um. I, I, I didn't mind the design of it. Um, it it uh, it reminded me of uh, it's too, never mind. Uh, <laughs> so uh,
0: torn drapes, Jason. No, well, no.
1: The, so uh, I'm a big fan of the the novel Solaris. Uh, not the. Oh, okay. I'm not, know, not but, familiar uh, okay, with that. Okay. Uh, and uh, some of the the art you can find online, uh, sort of picturing some of the things that happen in, in the book books about this. Uh. uh planet that has uh, uh, an ocean on it that covers the whole surface that is sentient and uh, and um, and it's conscious and it's conscious but they can't figure out how to communicate with it, but they know it. Communi- it's trying to communicate with them because it, it uh, builds out of its ocean these big elaborate sort of uh, uh, like mountains. They will oh, just okay. sort of spontaneously come out of it, right? And if you fly a helicopter over it, it will create something like a helicopter to fly under you. Right? Oh, okay. So um, anyway, so some of the, uh, the the structures that are described in the book, uh, artists have done uh, exam- uh, have, have drawn up, and it reminded me of that. And I, I think, okay. I wonder if maybe that was uh, part of the... Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, if that's anyway, one... there's
0: there's a reoccurring idea here in this movie about animals and how they're trained yes. and how they react to certain things. Yes, the danger of a wild animal in a non wild yeah. situation. Um, we first in the first opening scene, uh, you know, our main character OJ doesn't know how to really quite. One of his problems is he's not a people person. Mm-hmm. During he's he's expected to give a, a safety meeting. And mm-hmm. he really just can't articulate. He's just not an outgoing person who can give, a, you know, give the yeah. ideas he wants to. He's he's an introvert. Yeah, and uh, he's unable to kind of convey the ideas he needs to about safety. Mm-hmm. And they do some things, and somebody gets kicked or whatever. Yeah, and they get basically fired from that job. That's right. Kinda, and uh, there's a recurring idea about looking animals in the eye and when that's appropriate and when it's not. That's what apparently sets off the chimp on the. Right, sitcom, which I actually kind of thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, Horrifying in its own way.
1: I think the stuff with Gordy the psycho chimp is some of the best stuff in the movie. Um, It's weird. Yeah. um, But, and, and, you know, how does that tie into the rest of it? Well, um, it doesn't work either. As it turns out, it doesn't work either as metaphor or as foreshadowing. Because the moral of that story is that, you know, Um, nature is not just here to entertain us. It's also here to kill us and and chew our face off, right? (laughs) Right. And so don't treat it like a toy. These animals have inert. They have a will of, you know, it has a will of its own, right? Um, And we need to respect that will. Um, And I think that's true of the horses as well, right? Um, the question, but then the end of this movie is just sort of giving a high five to them, treating this this animal like it's just there to be taken so that they can get famous by taking pictures of it exploding, right? Right. And so um, I, I think that that thematically, this just doesn't hold together.
0: Um, or I mean, and you know, the, the central point I think you were you were, men- talking about or alluding to yeah. earlier is that when OJ figures out that you don't you don't look it in the eye and it may not yeah. eat you yeah which you know this is a being from conceivably another planet there's not
1: even an eye, it doesn't even have an eye a right. visible eye right and it and it
0: <laughs> It's probably made out of things that we can't even conceive here on Earth.
1: Right, but don't look it in the eye.
0: Yeah, to think that it has the same behavior as horses he's trained is
1: silly. And and there are other that is one of them, but there are other other sort of leaps in logic too. Yeah, the, the don't look it in the eye thing also leads into what might be another big idea that that Peel is going at here. He's going for some statement on on media and our obsession with media and our obsession with being rich. Like don't look it in the eye. Don't don't don't. Um, you know we maybe we're looking we're we're too voyeuristic right we're we're looking at things we shouldn't be looking at right um and it has no power over you if you don't look at it right uh these themes though just never really sort of come together i mean he goes out of his way to sort of graphically uh kill a a, a, uh uh tmz uh uh, reporter right photographer (laughs) right um so there's there's satire there there's 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 commentary there but then the, he just doesn't follow through that you know he does, it kind of loses his courage when it comes to to sort of judging his own protagonists that no they're doing exactly the same thing they're, what they're doing in this movie is, is what TMZ is does yeah. they're escaping they're but even worse I mean this is like escaping Cthulhu but then going back for a selfie. Right. <laughs> um, right. So you know the, the TMZ guy didn't know what he was getting
0: into. They do know what they're getting into, and that's we're, true. St- we're
1: still expected to sympathize with them, sort of. You know, just being like, "Oh no, we got to get the Oprah shot," and
0: uh, and yeah, I did not I guess you're right when you think about it. that. Is a strange motivation for our heroes to yeah. have, and that's it's it's weird. Let me ask you this: mm-hmm. in the scene with the chimp, where they are going back to the sitcom, there's mm-hmm. a, a shoe that's sitting up on its. Mm-hmm. What What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> It's in his museum. Yeah, though. he's kept that shoe, and it's 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 on display. in his, but obviously, is in, it a tap
1: shoe or is it like a, a? It's just the
0: shoe that the girl was wearing.
1: Was it? Are, it's are, sitting in
0: an angle that's impossible for it to sit there. Right? It's okay. Like floating.
1: I, okay. Well. Okay. It's um, Alluding
0: to something that it's, I've right, thought about, uh, and I just are, can't quite figure out what it is. I don't think.
1: I don't think. I. I, I, don't, think crumb, I don't think these bread. I don't think these breadcrumbs lead to a meal.
0: <laughs> I mean, obviously, I, uh, maybe I. I think that that's, you're probably right. They yeah. don't. I mean, is it meant to that, you know, obviously some strange things happen uh, when the creature's around?
1: Yeah. You know. But was the creature around that day? And I guess in a metaphorical sense. Right. Maybe. uh, Because I I thought there was going to be a more straightforward way of tying in Gordy's meltdown. Yeah, well, I thought, I
0: wondered if maybe that little kid, you know, the young who, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought maybe um, there was going to be something that, that creature's been following him around for his entire life, right? Yeah, and was responsible for the Gordy thing, and and mm-hmm. uh, or played a part in it. That
1: would it may, that would make a lot more sense uh, if he thought he could control it, because he loses he thinks he can control it, and then loses control of it right. in a big way. And and I'm the rules are really slippery here. Yeah, right? we don't know what the you know it, it's hard to say what. I mean, this thing comes around, it sucks up one horse and then goes away, but then at the end just sucks every everything up yeah. and granted you, apparently then it's trying to purge is trying to get that the horse out of it but then it comes back and and can't eat enough after that i don't know
0: i mean it's you know i I loved when you realize oh my god he's feeding it i mean i thought that was kind of cool yeah um but then obviously can eat a whole audience at once if it wants to right so yeah again the rules yeah
1: uh yeah, it would be. The, so this is uh, one of the plots, sort of side plots that I think uh, could have used another sort of another look at the screenwriting phase, right? Because that uh, I, I think there is something here about how Gordy and and uh, and the Stephen Young character sort of are attached to this other story, mm-hmm. but I think it's just malnourished. I think that you need to to sort of. Uh, uh, I could have done with a lot more of sort of teasing that out a little bit than with the sort of crazy kind of, again, kind of a obstacle course ending that this goes through.
0: I wish they had gone with a more traditional, it's just aliens sucking people up mm-hmm. instead of just, you know, because then they could have tied in the scene that, that we both sort of liked with the him seeing the things in the barn in the dark.
1: Oh right, yeah, yeah, right, you know? yeah, yeah. That which is um, which is one of the more unsettling scenes. In, but, but then it's it's in meaningless reason. in yeah. the end, you know. It which, is which right. It a, a Red herring. In it a way. does suck.
0: Yeah, um, you, you know the scene in um, uh, Shyamalan's uh, Signs mm-hmm. when uh, you finally see what the creatures look like. It's yeah. a videotape. Uh, uh, the one guy is in the in the closet watching the news. Uh-huh. And it's like a birthday party in Brazil. Uh-huh. And it's like filmed like they're oh happy birthday and they're saying birthday and all of a sudden there's a commotion outside and you see the camera move outside uh-huh. and all of a sudden the camera pulls up and there it is right there uh-huh, yeah I always thought that was super effective it's right because like, yeah. you're just like oh my god yeah right just the way it's revealed and I, it's similar to this yeah yeah um, yeah I just wish it meant more to the movie yeah yeah the the sense of desolation and scope with the with the where it's filmed I thought it worked great because it does feel like they're way out there. Um. Yeah. Bringing in the kid from Fry Scientific, I thought there was some funny stuff with him. <laughs> Who uh, was the kid from Fry Scientific? You know the the electronics salesman. The, oh, the, oh. Okay. Yeah. I don't. You don't, know, uh, Fry Electronics. Uh, they, I don't think they. Oh, even, Fry Electronics. Okay, I right. think they exist. They don't exist anymore. They went out no, of business. Yeah.
1: They were like a, a West Coast sort of. Yeah. Best Buy. Right. All of uh, their
0: stores had a unique theme. Uh, I believe. Really. Yeah. They have only like tw- you know thirty stores or something. Yeah. Uh, the one out there was you know UFO themed.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, here's another question. How does this
0: thing end up being killed by a helium balloon? That is dumb well, I think anything that it eats is gonna yeah. anything anything that it was eating that wasn't food for it was was really just messing it up, yeah, but and still it, it should the size of it, I guess, yeah, but why would it eat they should have so?
1: they should have come up with some so they should have tried to trick it into eating something you know getting some ga- a bomb into it or something right right, right. um. The Oh, the, the other thing that that's just meaningless and out of nowhere is a cinematographer um, who comes and, and it's sort of a neat idea of how he has these sort of hand-cranked uh, IMAX movies, right? And, you know, you're probably may- maybe watching this on IMAX, you know, nice little shout out. Right? <laughs> so, uh, but then he, he what exactly? He decides, oh, the golden hour and then rushes up on the ridge to film it and just stands there while it eats him. Yeah, I it's feel just, like um, that character... It's like white people be tripping. I mean, <laughs> is that, is that Well, <laughs> maybe that is the central point.
0: And I guess he ain't wrong, but yeah. uh, I think that there's got to be more on the page about that. Because he kind of... That's a really dumb... He's set up in the gets, first scene of the movie yeah. that character, and we don't get to him until an yeah.
1: hour and a half later. Yeah.
0: And um, he plays... I like that character for what it, what's there, but... It's so unimportant, really. In the long run, they could have had the the whiz kid from Fry, Fry Scientific come up with something that could film, film it. Yeah, right. Um,
1: you know? Yeah, he. Yeah, uh, the that character, that cinematographer character,
0: it, antlers is. He's obviously is, what dying, right? He's got cancer, I guess. Yeah, we're supposed to take it that he's he's. Okay.
1: Um, okay, okay. I guess that makes a little more sense why he would sacrifice himself, but still, this just it was just dumb. <laughs> Um and in the
0: end I guess none of his film turned out, I guess. No, I I think we ate, the monster ate well, it all. Well right, but he didn't take the IMAX camera. He took another camera. Oh, did he? Yeah, he they left the camera cuz the the other guy picks it up and starts filming after he leaves. Okay. So, he picked up another a smaller handheld camera. The first time he shows the camera, mm-hmm. it's not the IMAX version. It's a it's a handheld one. Mm-hmm. And uh, then when he starts filming for real, he's got a bigger with the big with the big car- okay. IMAX cartridges on the side. I thought
1: we were supposed to take from it that all of the footage of the monster went up into the monster with him, because then why are we so desperate to get those dumb little? Well, I, I never understood that though, because it didn't
0: end. seem like, yeah. um, unless yeah. it gets smashed or something, and I don't remember.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the movie, maybe worth seeing again, you know. But uh, I think maybe it should make more sense the first time through. Yeah, maybe so. Because um, I don't think, and this is a big. This is the big issue with this movie, I think, at the end of the day is that this this movie is trying to get me to think about it in a way or is inviting me to think about it in a way that I don't think adds up and I think the movie doesn't stand up to scrutiny it's inviting an amount of scrutiny to its premise and it's what happens from scene to scene that I think it, it doesn't withstand and better to if this is just going to be King Kong or Jurassic Park, uh, you know better to you know in nature going crazy, just give me the information and let me watch the. The, you know, uh, enjoy it from scene to scene. Let me ask you this: um, and don't don't give me a uh, puzzle box that doesn't open to anything.
0: Does the hype train around this movie end up affecting the way you view it?
1: Um, I don't, I don't think so.
0: You know, if 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 we were told, all right, Peele yeah. has a has a new movie coming out, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to say anything about it. He doesn't want to put it out in yeah. trailers, but it'll be out in July. Yeah. And you go in with totally fresh, yeah. no, not knowing one thing about it. I wonder if that's a more advantageous way to release a movie like this.
1: I don't know. Um, I, I think I'm, at this point in my life, I'm pretty good at sort of distinguishing the uh, movie from its uh, from its marketing. Um, even though I can't shut up about how tired I am of seeing these trailers, uh, but uh, but nonetheless, I think that uh, you know that said, it's Peel, uh, Peel has a brand, right? The way that M. Night Shyamalan has a as a brand, and there are certain things that we expect from a Jordan Peel movie. Um, and a certain standard that we're going to hold them up to. It's different than what we expect from an M Night Shyamalan uh, movie, but uh, but nonetheless, you know, he his brand is thoughtful horror movies, right? Mm-hmm. Horror movies that have a big idea in them. Um, there just isn't one here, right? Um, or there's not one that I can uh, I can discern. Uh, this is uh, just mean, a
0: monster movie. The idea is it's it's the aliens are just a monster and not yeah a, you know, that's the only well, idea well uh,
1: but there's no I, I mean there's no big the way that us and and right. get out had sort of a big philosophical idea at their hearts um yeah, that's this this really doesn't here. have anything and that's okay that's even okay from jordan peel but the movie nonetheless is set up to that oh i need to figure out this this puzzle that they're there, are, there are the, and and so invites me to think about it in a way that doesn't doesn't hold up at all right okay i I agree Um, with that so um yeah i I mean uh one of the things i wrote down about this is that this um this is like sort of going through one of those uh sort of pop-up haunted houses at halloween (laughs) where you just sort of stumble from from kind of scare to scare and and it's maybe effective right right and you're like oh yeah and and you don't know what's going to happen next and then though all of a sudden you're just out Right, you know, it's it's just over, right? Yeah, there's They're like just, no narrative. You're just standing outside, right? Yeah, and then yeah, then and maybe there's a little bit of a narrative, and you're maybe trying to figure it out, but you're too busy kind of just going from
0: scare to scare. They, in the end, they bought the coolest things they could find and just stitched them together loosely. Exactly, <laughs> and just
1: kept throwing them at you, right. and then you know, okay, go home now, right? Uh, so uh, and uh, is that bad in the middle of summer? Not necessarily. No. no um. So I, I think uh I, I think this movie would have a little more of mainstream appeal though if if there were less of if it were less pretentious. If there were less of a pretense that this is supposed to, to, to mean something.
0: Be on a higher level in most horror films. Right, yeah. yeah I, less
1: of a pretense that this is an elevated horror and just sort of go with it being a monster movie. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um or work on the Gordy stuff and how that plays in more. Yeah. And actually make it an elevated horror
0: movie. Right. Sure. Um, so, um yeah. All right. Well, if you don't have anything else, I don't. So I don't either. All right, well let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Cinema Spin. And we're back on Cinema Spin. We had a random movie this week, Jason. What was it? I'll tell you about it. I've already forgotten. <laughs> Go on. No, no, I haven't forgotten. <laughs> Nicolas Cage stars as international arms dealing savant Yuri Orlov in 2005's Lord of War. When we meet Yuri, he's helping to run the family restaurant in Brooklyn. He, along with his parents and brother, played by Jared Leto, have immigrated to the United States from the Ukraine, and times are tough. One day, while brainstorming ideas about how to make a buck, Yuri figures out that there's one thing in the world that's always in high demand, and if you have the right sources, you can always sell. Weapons, And so begins our story of just how brilliant Yuri is. We watch him manipulate people into selling them guns at more than favorable prices. We watch him easily gaslight an obviously dim-witted Interpol agent played by Ethan Hawke about what ship he's standing on. Trust me, it's dumb and it involves a sideways (laughs) flag, stinky potatoes, and painting a new name on a ship at the speed of light. And of course, we get to see him lie and connive his way into a marriage with the woman of his dreams a supermodel from the old neighborhood played by Bridget Moynihan. As the movie continues, it's more of Yuri being put in uncomfortable situations, only find a way to talk or con his way out of them. Or it's a game of cat and mouse played between Cage and Hawk, where Hawk's agent really has got him this time, but Yuri finds some brilliant, I mean ridiculous way out of yet another unescapable jam. In the end, though, it does, of course, fall apart. And if you feel like you've seen this movie before, you have. It's been done many times over, The film that immediately comes to mind is 1996 Blow that starred Johnny Depp. One thing that had going for it was the narrator in that case was a real person telling their own story. In this film, our narrator, Yuri, is a made-up character telling us about mostly made-up, unbelievable scenarios. This film uses real history as its backdrop, but most of its stories about how it all went down are just Hollywood horse crap. Jason, how'd you feel about Lord of War? I really love this
1: movie i'm joking <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's no way i hate it every second of this movie sucks <laughs> this movie, this sucks. movie uh is, is uh not to my taste Were to begin this is clearly in the vein of the uh goodfellas casino blow school of filmmaking uh criminal anti-heroes doing terrible things and explain it to us uh via a, a thoroughly sung through voiceover narration and explain why they're really no different than us. My question is uh, the central question for me is well, what makes this movie feel so much worse beyond its sort of technical shortcomings, right? Why is this movie so much ickier uh, than those other movies?
0: Cage does not work when he's taking himself this seriously.
1: That's the first thing I have here. <laughs> <laughs> is not only that, he's cr- even though he's one of the producers on this movie, and you would think that he's not going to phone it in for a movie that he's really in on. Um, he's just kind of cruising along here on kind of Smarmy
0: autopilot. Yeah, he's um, not, I mean, I don't know that it's a lack of effort, but he's just not great at selling this.
1: yeah the, the well the, there's just there is zero to sort of latch on to uh, respond to about that character, right. Um, they don't play up that he worked his way from nothing they don't play him up as being particularly good at his job even he just seems more like he's lucky and ruthless right mm-hmm. um they uh they don't lean into him being uh being kind of heartless um he's you know he's uh his power comes too easily he's self-pitying um, there's no, not a moment in his life when that's not spent increasing his power or manipulating people I think that you know writer director Andrew Nichol here has created um, a plausible psychopath, right? But um, not a character that you ca- f- care
0: about at all. Why do women throw themselves at him? I mean, this isn't Nick Cage as the actor who pe- you can understand why. Right. There are People, I don't know. know. Um, I don't get he, it. Yeah, uh, and he,
1: I, uh, you know, maybe he's. I mean, he certainly presents as rich. He he throughout the movie, you think he's uh yeah okay uh, rich. Uh, he he presents as richer than he is. But but like we're spo- are we're supposed to care about his childhood crush on on uh the bridget minahan character and we're supposed to be invested in oh that was pretty slick luring her down there uh, uh on a photo shoot and then like pretending uh th- that uh, that you just met her by chance and i mean we're supposed to care about that
0: well this movie i think thinks that anything it feeds you in a narration you're supposed to take as uh, the yeah, bible in yeah this movie, you right
1: know? i i mean the the uh you know, and later on, when he has uh, when he has the sort of crisis of conscience, it's just like you know you don't get a conscience. You because I think the answer to my, my I think the real answer to my question at the end of the day is uh, uh, the reason this is this feels so much worse than say Goodfellas, is because Goodfellas, Casino, and Blow these were movies that were uh, you know the violence in those movies uh, was visited upon and and the re- uh, the results of the uh, the Criminal way they make money is visited upon mostly other criminals, right, or drug users, right. Okay, and we're naturally sort of reserved, you know, a step back from from those people for you know for whatever for good reasons or bad. In this movie, the people who are suffering the most and directly and on the screen from his way of living are are people, you know, poor people of color throughout the world around him who are hobbling around on on, uh, you know, without uh, you know without four limbs. Um, because he is—he's providing the, uh, the the money for uh, for for them to be abused, right? And so the the it's, kind of, he, so this character never comes off as like a, a a lovable bad boy in any sense. And you need
0: you need a little bit of charisma. You know, at least I mean we, we probably sh- we shouldn't think this way, but in society a lot of people there's something cool about being a mobster, right? You don't yeah, There's have to, something cool about being outside the law. Yeah. Yeah. You don't right. have. To, you know. You don't answer to any... Yeah. Yeah. You know. This is not as cool for one. Yeah. Um, but it's it's also sloppy in ex- execution. It's trying to be this a certain type of movie that's already been successful, but yet it's doing it in a much sloppier way. I mean, is there are there any musical cues here that aren't just. Uh, the 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 most obvious choice you could take there's the where, cons- uh, there's a scene where we're going to be doing cocaine what what song should we play
1: uh, <laughs> hmm. or or like there's a scene where he's he decides money that's what he wants what song should we play <laughs> or there's another
0: scene where like there he's a young american like what what song what song comes to mind let's just let's just, yeah how uh, about if you want to do a montage that's sort of a regretful thing how about jeff buckley's hallelujah because oh, that's never right. been in a yes. movie yeah. before. That's
1: never been in a movie before.
0: <laughs> you, know, yeah. um, and then, you know, and then you've got, obviously, starts off with For What It's Worth. Doesn't right. use it in the same context that many Vietnam movies have, but still, we're tired of it in movies. Yeah, stop it. Hey, Only let that does sound. Fade Into You by Mazzy Star, I'll give him a little credit. Yes, yes, yes. That's a cool yes. song. Right, yeah, and There's you don't also hear it every day. A
1: K's Choice song in this, too, <laughs> right? So, uh, so thumbs up there. Um, Visually,
0: this movie sucks. Um, yeah, there's no the, craft there as far as... The, like...
1: Well, the cinematography is sort of grayscaled um, that I guess is supposed to tie into, uh, I don't know, the movie's maybe supposed to be the, the cool steel color of a gun, right? That's supposed to be the sort of ba- base Okay, uh, k- kind of, but uh, that's so visually boring. Um, it was visually boring here. The cinematographer here is Amir Mokri. Um, he also, uh, he used that, uh, that same color scheme for exactly the same reason in man of steel, oh, which, you wow. know, is my favorite movie of all time. Ugh. no, actually I hate that movie. Maybe more, I than, know, I, but, and, and more the, than I hate cancer. The color of that movie is was <laughs> yes, one of the most exactly. annoying things yes, about right. it. And, and I think the idea is, oh, well it's called man of steel. So the movie's, uh, base color should be steal that's really dumb (laughs) it is well i i think that's the idea here and that's the idea in that movie too the one thing that yeah so one thing that bothered me about this uh uh that bothered you is that you know those other movies we can name all of them goodfellas casino and blow uh are all based on actual people and actual events right Right. specific people yeah specific people and and based on the memoirs of that person right so that that gives it a kind of verisimilitude Uh, that, you know, if you see Johnny Depp in Blow or, or, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, Robert De Niro in Casino doing something that seems sort of off the wall, well, you think to yourself, well, well, I guess maybe that's even, even if it didn't, right. You think, well, I guess it's based on a true story, right. Uh, with this, there's no sense of it being based on a true story. So when he like paints the, 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 uh, new name on the side of the ship, just, just real quick. It just seems like that's just a screenwriter like imagining what you do if you. Were yeah, there. it doesn't right. feel like a real scenario. It doesn't feel like a real scenario. When we
0: all of a sudden drop the missile launchers off a helicopter to make it a rescue helicopter. Right. Yeah. Same exact thing. Exactly.
1: Right. And right. And you just right. Yeah. Um, now that said, there there apparently was an inspiration uh, for
0: this, or a series of inspirations. Yeah. It's like an amalgam of different stories. Well,
1: Victor Bout appears to, the Russian arms dealer. Victor Bout appears to be the sort of main okay. inspiration here. Um, uh, but he doesn't I was reading about that you know on, online I mean Victor Bout was a, a uh, was a military guy right for the, for the the USSR and then sort of took advantage of the USSR collapsing right and so he already had these military connections so it makes sense how he goes from uh nobody to well you know in the military I guess and uses his connections to become an international arms dealer yuri just sort of like one day decides oh you know what I'm going to do today I think I'm going to start selling weapons to everybody I, I, mean, I, I can find. Right, it's
0: somewhat believable that he could have a connection at the synagogue to get the get the Israeli-made Uzi. A couple yeah, of them, sure, right? right. But then, then you know, a couple every six months, and then you just wave your hands, and now he's <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's,
1: right, he's yeah. selling tanks, right?
0: Uh, so, is there any report of the real guy uh, landing a cargo plane on a shitty road in the middle of nowhere and uh, having its contents just I float mean, off into the even desert? Even
1: if there were, it's it's just inherently like, it's just, uh, it's just an anecdote, right? And, 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 you know, this is a, this is a psychopath. Ethan Hawke's you might lie in the you. jet plane. It's in the jet plane. <laughs> I was like, I said to Beth, I was like, is that Ethan Hawke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, is he flying a jet plane? She's like, no, he's not flying it, but he's in, you know. So, uh, but if you want to, if if you want to talk to Victor about about this, Matt, uh, you can, He's a short drive away. He's apparently incarcerated at, uh, at Marion oh. uh, Prison here, uh, in Chester. So, uh, Which brings me to my next point. This movie does not get to be more cynical than real life. Right. This movie, <laughs> this pretty he cynical. skips around and just gets away with every with everything with, with relatively very very little effort. Always when, a technicality when, that he's aware of. Right, and then when you finally have him where you want him, he's just like, oh no. Well, you know what's going to happen. Somebody's going to come down here. They're going to knock on that door. And he's going to tell you. You gotta let him go, right? (laughs) Is that the cowardly lying? That was was my uh, Nicholas Cage. (laughs) (laughs) But or cowardly lying, right? Uh, So, uh, so. Whereas the person, this you know, Victor Bout actually was busted
0: by Interpol and is in prison, right? Well, here's the question I have: Interpol is an international organization. Mm -hmm. Is it subject to the whims of some general in the United States Army? I'm not so sure that it is. Uh, yeah, that's. That's a good question.
1: Well, although I, I, you know, if the CIA wants him out of Interpol custody, he's going to be out of Yeah, Interpol I, I imagine that's true. I don't think, but they wouldn't do it like that. Right. Just break,
0: they just break him out of jail, right? It's like his uncle they, Jerry's always been, in, you know, it's, it's just that, that see, shadow character who they never show, right? Yeah. He's been in a couple scenes before that, yeah. giving an order in the background or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, yeah weird I mean a, a scene like that is just lazy it's just lazy writing it's just the, it thinks it's being badass it thinks it's, thinks it's being it's being sick and nihilistic but um, you're, just, you're just taking it too far right the one
0: performance I did like in this is yeah. the guy who plays the president or the, the leader of Liberia uh-huh. I thought that had some yeah yeah yeah
1: it. he he and Jared Leto uh, Jared Leto and uh, Iman Walker who plays uh, Andre Baptiste Sr who's uh, based on uh, Charles Taylor the uh, the the Liberian uh, dictator, <laughs> uh, yeah, Iman Walker is
0: really good. In yeah, this. I thought and that he's that was really an interesting role. Compa- that, that role in another movie would be totally amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's uh, and he's really engaged with the material and alive in a way, and and so is Jared Leto. Um, I think alive and engaged with this movie that that Cage does not. Yeah, because I mean,
0: it's so great because you know anything that's said to him, you really don't know if he's going to react with. Amusement to what you said, or right? He might or he's going to chop you. off one of your arms, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Uh, he's, and that really came through. That was the that one really thing in this through, movie yeah. that I liked.
1: Yes. Uh, why is Ian Holm in this movie? Um, what is the plot of this movie? I mean, if you had to explain, I guess you did sort of give us a rundown. But like halfway through this, it's you know, this is a sort of screenwriting sort of, It's sort of. Like, you know, ask yourself. You got to always ask yourself: Who, uh, who wants something that he can't get? What is it, and why can't he get it? Right. And halfway through this, I don't know those basic questions. You know, he's just trying to get more and more and more. And um, why can't he get it? Well, he can get it. He just
0: keeps winning, right? Yeah, I mean, the only thing um, that, I mean, and they're trying to convince you of this, obviously, I don't know if it, if it works, yeah. but he, he has some sort of, he actually does love the, the girl. I mean, he, that's the only thing that he he's convinced to try to make a straight a go of it straight the for movie makes no effort to sort of sell well, me it, yeah on, it doesn't on yeah it's, it's not believable yeah, right but that's what they're trying to sell
1: yeah puke <laughs> <laughs> i don't believe this person a person like this has normal human uh relationships or emotions um and uh you, you're gonna you're introducing those things way way too too far away and you need a bet you need a different actor you need somebody who's uh able to bring some charisma to this character
0: and it's not Nicholas Gates. Just, who can build an empathy in a, in a hard role like this, you know? Yeah, right. Um, yeah.
1: That you just don't, I mean, from a movie like this does not going to do well if every scene I'm cheering for him to die or to lose, right? Yeah. Um, and and then it, it, that's what an Whatever anti- gets to the credits
0: quicker. Right. Well,
1: <laughs> that's what an anti-hero uh, movie has to, to do. Right. You have to, you need to get me to sort of root for this bad person.
0: Right. right yeah. Um,
1: I mean, anybody can just write an evil character and have him be the hero. Right. That's the, that's way easier than writing a character to, uh, th- that gets
0: some sympathy. But that's all they achieve here. Yeah. This right.
1: Is... I, I just, this is a villain and he's not, he's not an anti villain. He's just a villain. Um, and um, all I can think about is that uh, I want to see him die in, in, die in agony. Now, and for this movie to, for this movie to then sort of tack on this sort of high-minded sort of uh, uh, sense of like, oh, uh, you know, call, we're calling attention to the 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 the, uh, the international arms crisis and how there's such a pro- proliferation of all of this, but then to to settle on such a tone of of cynicism and nihilism about how you know I mean you leave this theater thinking oh well that's a real that's too bad for those people over there but there's nothing I can do about it because because yeah, well, people like him are always going to exist I mean there was something in the Wikipedia
0: about like Amnesty International giving this an award about right. for its for its right. depiction of or bringing to light international arms. well dealing.
1: fair enough I mean and I can see why if you're I mean it does it does call attention to the tragedy of okay. international arm dealing in a sloppy but its way. Posi- its position ends up being, well, there's nothing you can do about it, right? <laughs> that, Whereas the right. the tr- the moral of the real story about Victor uh, Victor uh, Boot would be, well, hey, if we work hard enough, at least maybe once in a while we can make one of these guys suffer, right? We can stop one of these guys. It seems like that ought to be the uh, note you leave on, right? But this is this movie is just too caught up in its own kind of sniffing its own armpits about how how. <laughs> Uh, you know how it's badass it is and how you know unremitting it can be right
0: yeah Um. okay puke. let's get down to the the nitty-gritty of it okay was there a version of this where they were going to try to do it with a with cage doing a, a uh, ukrainian accent because come on <laughs> um why don't the maybe. boys have the accents they didn't did they grow up in ukraine well, i thought they were born there at least no were they Maybe around you, their parents. you think that if you were around your parents, yeah. and you, you at least were born in Ukraine, mm-hmm. there'd be some, at least, um, peculiarities to the way you spoke. I am never going to complain about not having a bad accent, right? I think <laughs> there should be fewer accents in movies. Can you imagine this movie with Cage doing a Ukrainian accent? <laughs> I think that would be... Uh,
1: <laughs> that would be even more painful. It would be. It would be, it
0: would be way worse. So... Uh, <laughs> Thank for thank God for small yeah, sacrifices. Right. Um you know, yeah, you're, that's a good point. You know he wanted to do, he had to be talked out of what if, up. Like <laughs> uh, Nicole, Andrew, what if I do it like this? Uh I don't think that's <laughs> a good idea. Andrew,
1: what if I do it like this? That was my second version of my uh There was a <laughs> uh, Cage I think that impression. one
0: was stronger. Um there's a scene where uh there's kind of a confrontation between Bridget Moynihan and, and uh and Nicolas Cage. Uh she she has to deliver a line that I believe is I don't like nights, especially since my parents. <laughs> like the nights are long and that's when, you know, Oh, I, I thought that was pretty poor. <laughs> yeah. Cause she, she delivered it like, Hmm, I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I mean, she's not like a great actress either. And, and I can't, I can't underscore this enough. That character is z- a zero. Um, I have, she's, uh, I mean, she just described at one point as his uh, as, as his uh, trophy wife, but she's like as old as he is. Right? You <laughs> that's know, I, true. I, I think trophy wives are supposed to be young. And that I'm not I'm not. Tra- I mean, yeah, I'm, not tra- I'm not trashing her her age. Right? She looks no. great. She looks great in this. Well, sure. But that's all there is to the not just that actor, not just to Moynihan, but all there is to that character. Um, and it uh, it comes off as indulging in a a sort of mentality that I think it's it thinks it's criticizing, right? It's expecting us to love this, you know, to care about this woman just because she's beautiful, right? And yeah, and I think that's uh, yeah.
0: The the ease at which she's manipulated into falling for him too is pretty. She's also a dum dum, pretty right? Off-putting. Yeah,
1: and 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 yeah. This.
0: Yeah, this is this pretty dreadful. This movie's gross. You know, I mentioned um, Blow, which I don't know if is the greatest film on earth. It certainly isn't, but it's way more entertaining than this is. Oh,
1: definitely, definitely. This movie also has no uh, effective sense of humor, that I think. Uh, right, right. But I think those other movies that we talked about, from Goodfellas to Blow. Well, some of your
0: yeah. side characters.
1: Yeah, you, yeah. There yeah. was uh, even as dark humor. You know, there, uh, there's a little more of a sense of humor. I think this movie is trying, um, but. Uh, it puts, uh, but you know, Nicholas Cage is just not in humor mode here, and so too much. And so, what I think is meant to come off as dark humor, at, at points like the, you know, the the painting, the new name on the side of the ship, uh, just seems so far fetched and so silly. Um,
0: well, I think they probably have it painted on more than one spot. Don't they usually put it on the on the front, on the sides too? I don't know. Well, I thought so. Yeah. And and even back in the eighties, the didn't they? Didn't ships like ping their Information out over the radar. Yeah. See, I, I, I that scene particularly turned me off. Yeah. Um. What I mean,
1: once one scene that does is it, it sort of introduces us to the Ethan Hawke character and just makes him look like such a dumbass <laughs> so easily. You know, he's supposed to be our, our sort of antagonist in this. He's supposed to be the guy who's you know one step behind the whole way, but he just in that scene just or that that whole scene just comes off like such a dumbass.
0: Yeah, they're really. <laughs> um, that's a really not much of a role for Ethan Hawke. Yeah, I, you you said you liked Lido in this. Yeah, I like. I thought he was he was fine in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you needed to be in the movie for the most part.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. He is. Yeah, uh, and he isn't for he a lot isn't of it. For a lot of uh, it, you know, at the beginning, he's like, "I want you to be my right hand man." Right? Why? Because you're so unreliable and drug addicted and <laughs> such a douchebag. Sure. And then for like the back half of the movie, he's not in it at all. Right?
0: Yeah. And then he's sort of the supposed to be the moral center when when the end comes, but. Uh-huh. And that works f- fine, but uh, you know, yeah, it's too little, too late. Yeah, right. But as Lido performances go, I guess it was fine because mm-hmm. you know he can be, <laughs> he can, he can be, be, bad. be a, he can be those bad. two together, right? On that, tilt <laughs> in the same movie would be <laughs> that would be a little, a little much. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so yeah, Lord of War, crap. Yeah, <laughs> a bummer. All right, well, I guess we should look toward the future. (laughs) Okay, well, let's do it. All right, let's pick a random movie for next week. Oh, we've got a Will Smith movie, Jason. How wonderful! Oh, well, I, I, I Martin love Will Lawrence. Smith. What Will has he Smith? been up to recently? Bad Boys, number one. <laughs> bad Boys, the first one. Bad Boys. Okay, no, no, no it's 1995. Bad Boys, nineteen ninety-five.
1: Okay. Anyway, uh, what has Will Smith been up to recently?
0: Haven't heard a thing. Huh?
1: So, Especially I looked a, real lately.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I looked, <laughs> I looked to catching. I look forward to catching up to him. Yeah, and uh, we're, that'll be paired up with a new movie, of course. But uh, we're not sure what that's going to be. Yep, so we'll, we'll make, make a, a decision slim again next week. There's no nope, nope. So. <laughs> Middle of the week, we'll pick something and uh, we'll lead off the show with that next time. So thanks for listening and we'll be back next week. Bye-bye for now.
1: Bye.